2: I have never felt better about that intro because you know I got a lot of friends of mine making fun of me. That's all right, I don't care. I've never felt better because I was very specific in changing the Constitution to the Declaration of Independence in the beginning. Because the reality is, when you watch this kind of press conference, when you watch this kind of media, when you watch the fundamental principles of America being stolen in front of our eyes, you realize that Constitution didn't do half of what it said it was going to do. Sorry. It's just the way I feel. I love the Constitution. I think it was a wonderful article. I didn't think it would be bastardized so fast, so hard into Charmin. I thought it would hold up a little bit longer, at least through my lifetime. When you see this doddering old dimwit do what I guess is called a press conference, it didn't feel like a press conference to me. It felt like children of Soviet belief systems were questioning one of the old Soviet commissars about propaganda and questions to deceive The people and um, I've made fun of Joe um, low flow Joe Biden. I think it's 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 preposterous that a country like ours would elect not just a political whore for 47 years who has a litany of corruption and failure and just stupidity in his path, but the idea that they would look at this 80 year old person. And I mean, no disrespect to the 80 year olds. I have dear, you know, you, when you own a cigar store, you've, you have friends that are 80. They're called customers. And I love them. And we talk about their lives and we talk about how, how America and the world was back then. But you see, the, the, the fact of the matter is, they themselves know they're not capable to do much, specifically to run a country. I mean, I'm not saying they can't be business owners and they can't be wonderful people and they can't be instrumental in their kids' lives and their grandkids' lives. They absolutely can't. But at a certain point, you have to recognize the fact we are looking at somebody who, if the people who were close to him cared about him, they would say, I'm sorry, you won, well, I guess. You successfully usurped the office. Let's let's get you out of here. Because at a certain point, it's embarrassing. Filibuster. So filibuster. Um,
3: you know... With regard to the filibuster, I believe we should go back to a position of the filibuster that existed just when I came to the United States Senate 120
2: years ago. No, I'd like to think he was kidding. I'd like to think he was kidding. I mean, he's probably making fun of himself in some fashion. He must, after watching himself up there, kind of stumble through it with help. Stumble with help. And I think back to when Trump was in. And I remember the the confrontation of the press conferences. And unlike most of the people who supported Donald Trump, I liked that aspect of it. I thought to myself, this is how government is supposed to be. It is supposed to be met with, with resistance, with suspicion, with prying questions meant to get very, very specific answers. So I like a contentious media. I really do. This was anything but. This was an example of how you know that, that phrase that I continue to repeat you're either in the mafia or you're too stupid to know there is one. This is proof of it. This type of so-called press conference of a president who didn't only spend his time riddled in scandal, riddled in scandal, but riddled in failure. Joe Biden has been a failure for 47 years, and he's promising to be one in the future instead of the press conference asking these questions of a short-term president. This is a very short term. We have a major, major crisis that is not a laughing matter, even though Kamala Harris wants to laugh about it. This, this border crisis isn't just a crisis of, of politics. Let's say it's political, and one side believes one way, one side believes another, so it's political. There are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people suffering, being raped, being murdered, there's drug trafficking, there's children being sent. All in the name of, 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 of Joe Biden's promises of a welfare life. And the questions he's asked by a media are softball questions? Thanks so much, Mr. President. Um, you've said over and over again that immigrants shouldn't come to this country right now. This isn't the
4: time to come. That message is not being received. Instead, the perception of you that got you elected as a moral, decent man is the reason why a lot of immigrants are coming to this country and entrusting you with unaccompanied minors. How do you resolve that tension? And how are you choosing which families can stay and which can, can go, given the fact that even though with Title 42, to, there are some families that are staying. is there a timeline for when we won't be seeing these overcrowded facilities with, run by CPB when it comes to unaccompanied minors?
3: Well, look, I guess I should be flattered. People are coming because I'm the nice guy. That's the reason why it's happening, that I'm a decent man or however it's phrased. That, you know, that's why they're coming, because no, Biden's a good guy. Truth of the matter is nothing has changed. Liar! Liar! It
2: is it is a lie. And everything has changed. Everything has changed in a, in a matter of eight weeks. And the ramifications of those changes aren't just to our lives as Americans. Aren't just to the financial uh, stability of the country. Because they, they are those things. What about the actual people you, you are using as pawns? What about these actual people and how they're being let go in parks, as the clip shows yesterday? There are children that are being sent with notes by their parents, and they are being sent to go through countries, not miles, countries, to get to America. Now, your knee-jerk reaction as an American is probably, how could a parent do that to their kid? How could you do it to a kid? I have a different perspective on it, and, I, and I'm blessed in life, because my dear, one of my dearest friends in life is, is a Cuban. And uh, I was able to see the ramifications of... of of a collapse of a nation through the family's eyes who had half of their family back in Cuba. And I, I remember studying about how many Cuban American or well, Cubans at the time that wanted to be Americans risked their lives to go 80 miles on a tire because they were living in a prison camp. So I don't look at it as just the, the parent and, and I, and by the way, I think it's, it's, it's outrageous to, to let your kid go through a border, let alone countries by himself. But for a minute, I can almost grab that, that absolute hopelessness of what these socialist countries, these dictator-ridden hellholes around the world give you. And you'd almost risk your 10-year-old to say, look, he's a good kid. Maybe he can make it. It's better to die trying to go to freedom than live under the socialist policies that I'm stuck under, that I'm in imprisoned under. Sad part is the people obviously can't read English. Otherwise, they'd know. The country they're sending them to is run by the same type of corrupt mafia socialists you're fleeing from. I mean, that's you want to know how you stop immigration or how you at least slow it down. We have to translate these policies and release them to these countries. Now, see if they want to come here when they realize how bad it really is, how corrupted it really is. When you hear the specifics of of this, uh, this press conference, I think it's astonishing, both in the willingness for Joe Biden to see. It's irrelevant that he's in a republic. It's irrelevant that he's a president that's supposed to represent laws and the unalienable and the, and the the rights of the citizens in his country that he's supposed to govern over, and the contempt he has for virtually anybody, anybody who is not, in fact, a, 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 a mafia Democrat or a welfare recipient just waiting for a handout.
3: But this is a matter of making sure that I would like Republican elected Republican support but what I know I have now is I have electoral support from Republican voters Republican
2: voters agree with what I'm doing now I'm wondering if he thinks that because so many phonies so many frauds so many ex tea party politicians and in-office tea party politicians would vote for for really principles and fundamentals that were directly opposed to those that they said they represented when they were elected. I wonder if he has this arrogance, not just because he is a Soviet socialist dictator like they all are, demigods in their own mind, who have contempt for anyone who doesn't agree with them, which is how they show their fascism so well. I wonder if he has that just because it's inherent to this philosophy of the neo-Marxist Democrats, or if he's been listening to the Tea Party, the old Tea Party Republicans who said they couldn't vote for Trump. The never-Trumpers. And the loathsome, loathsome elected officials like Ben Sass and Adam Kinzinger, who openly came out and said they were going to vote for the 47-year political whore, the most corrupt and incompetent Democrat to ever run for office. And yes, I say that knowing full well the Duchess of Chaffington ran four years before. I wonder if he feels this way, because he's earned it. Because so many so-called Republicans said it's not going to be so bad. It won't be so bad if Biden gets in. He, would After all, he's not that bad. He's lunch pale Joe. Even the ones that that covered for him, because they were in the mafia and just pretended to get their suits from Bro- Brooks Brothers, so they thought they were Republicans. So is this confidence just? Is it learned? Is it real? Or is he just another demigod neo-Marxist in the fashion of the dictators that rule over the countries, the immigrants that are coming here illegally are trying to flee? So that's my question. Do you believe that Joe Biden is right, that there are Republicans that genuinely support him? Because after all, we all know if you listen to talk radio, if you've watched television at all, Fox News, for example, took a major shift and, and pretty much supported Joe Biden. Does he have this confidence because he's right? And so many Republicans do support him philosophically. Or does he have this confidence because he is just another fascistic neo-Marxist? 312-642-5600. We'll take your calls when we get back. You know, my uh, I had to watch it. That's, you know, I love the radio show. I love it. I couldn't wait to do it. I'm so excited I got the job. Minor downside. I can't stop watching things after i dislike them when they have these morons on them so i have to watch it all the way to the end but it did have a really a, a funny part that i thought was very funny
1: on a related note have you decided whether you are going to run for re-election in 2024 you haven't set up a re-election campaign yet as your predecessor had <laughs> by this time
3: <laughs> my predecessor needed to needed to <laughs> uh-huh my predecessor Oh, God, I miss it. Me too. Have Have you? No, an answer is yes. My plan is to run for re election. That's my expectation. Run for re election?
2: I want to meet the loan shark that'll give this guy a 12 month loan. See, this is the problem with Viagra. I knew when it came out, these old men would feel like the rest of us. They'd be meandering around thinking they were regular guys, these flaccid old men. Next thing you know, you got an 80 year old who should be doing commercials for those walk in tubs running the country. Damn Viagra. Ruined everything. I'm just sick of it all. Get out of the way, huh? All right. John, Portage Park. Hey, Sean. Love your show.
4: Listen, I wanted to know if you noticed that every time that the journalists, you know, journalists, if the
2: journalist asked them a Let's question... Let's do this. Let's he- do this. Call them Pravda. From now on on okay. my show, we won't refer to them as media, journalists, or reporters. Just Pravda. Go ahead.
4: Okay. The last time, the, every time the Pravda asked him a question, before... Prove to ask him a question. He'd look down at a piece of paper, and he he he'd say, "Okay, Yamish," but he'd yeah. look down and he'd read something before that. He was reading the question that they were going to ask. You sure it was and the also, paper he
2: was looking down at? Because I'm sticking uh, to my Viagra theory. I think it's Viagra, uh, it's B12, and that's Starbucks extra espresso, and they're shooting it in him like with just big shots, like vaccines. What do you think?
4: And also, I'd like to say that he called on everybody, like the. The black woman, the white man, and the white man, I think, was transgendering to uh, female. Speaking of that, so, did you see uh, we
2: got the transgender, got through that, uh, what is he, a DHS guy, the Levine guy? Did you see him? Yeah, she's, she's hot. She's hot. <laughs> and that's the reason I didn't want sons. I swear to God, when my wife was pregnant, I said, please don't give me sons. They're going to disappoint me, borrow money from me, and then waste their time watching sports all the time. I couldn't take it. I got what I wanted, and boy, did it turn out splendidly. Tom Sherville.
0: Yes, Sean, under Trump policy, Central American migrants were being held on the Mexican side and Mexican government officials were responsible for holding them, feeding them, and clothing them and sheltering them. That is far better policy than what we have now. Why is it that the talking vegetable and all the other progressive duck jobs don't like that policy?
2: Because what they would rather do, you know what? You, you you spurred me. I have a clip on something. What they would rather do is work their criminal enterprises, their mafia schemes, in other countries. He says during the speech that he has companies, He, he when he was vice president, they want to pay companies to bring lighting to the streets of other countries. Did you know that? I got the clip. I'm going to find it. Thank you so much, Tom. Policies of, of success. This is the thing when we said I said it on my first show. Policies of success are never the goal of the Democrat mobster. It's the policies that fail and look like there was an attempt to succeed that is their their goal, their bread and butter. And you think I'm wrong? I drove down the Kennedy this morning. How come there's all orange cones, there's all holes in the same spot there was a year ago? Same spot, but there's no workers. Do you think the checks are not going out? Well, there's the infrastructure. That's been going on for years. That's... That's La Casa Nostra. You think it's three guys talking about the spread of a basketball game? You think it's guys on Grand Avenue playing cards named Guido? That's not. The only successful mafia in the world is corrupt governments. Now, for the most part, we had the illusion of honest governments, but we had citizens that had a standard of what was acceptable. The fact of the matter, when you see an old crook like this put to the capo position, you know those in on the scheme don't care how it looks anymore. That's why they put the old man, in, the old man up there. Because he earned it through time and through he was a good earner. He worked his way up through the ranks of the mafia. So it was his time. That's why all the other politicians around didn't matter. It was going to go to the guy who was the big earner. And that's what he is. That's what the goal is. You, see, unfortunately, we who make the world go around, we think the goal of politics is success. That's not what keeps the money flowing. The goal of politics is failure. And that's the reason. I think this is the clip. I'd
1: like to circle back to immigration, please. Uh, You you just listed the reasons that people are coming, uh, talking about in-country problems, saying that it happens every year. You blamed the last administration. (laughs) Sir, I just got back last night from a reporting trip to the border where I met nine-year-old Jose, who walked here from Honduras by himself, uh, along with another little boy. He had that phone number on him. And we were able to call his family his mother says that she sent her son to this country because she believes that you are not deporting unaccompanied minors like her son. That's why she sent him alone from Honduras. So, sir, you blame the last administration, but is your messaging and saying that these children are and will be allowed to stay in this country and work their way through this process encouraging families like Jose's to come?
3: The idea that I'm going to say which I would never do, if an unaccompanied child ends up at the border, we're just going to let him starve to death and stay on the other side. No previous administration is dead either, except Trump. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. That's why I've asked the Vice President of the United States yesterday to be the lead person on dealing with focusing on the fundamental reasons why People leave Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador in the first place. It's because of earthquakes, floods. It's because of lack of food. It's because of gang violence. It's because of a whole range of things that when I was vice president had the same obligation to deal with unaccompanied children. I was able to get it slowed up significantly by working with the heads of state of those communities to do things like in one of the major cities. The reason people were leaving is they couldn't walk in the street because they were getting their kids were getting beat up or shot or gang violence. Well, what I was able to do is not give money to the head of state because so many are corrupt. But I was able to say, okay, you need lighting in the streets to change things. I'll put the lighting in. We got a contractor. We got the type of lighting. We paid directly to the contractor; did not go through the government.
2: Who wants to find out who owned that lighting company? I got fifty. Says it was his relative. Who wants to find out? Who wants to find out how the, how the guys who have the cones all over to Kennedy who they donate to? Who wants to find out? It's the same mafia scheme, and now we've exported it across the world. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. I remember um, during the election when we would uh, argue about how anybody with an IQ over 60 who wasn't an organized crime figure could vote for Biden. Peter Schweitzer had broke the story years earlier how his brother, Joe Biden's brother, with no experience, zero, zippo, none, gets a $1.5 billion contract to, build, to rebuild homes in Iraq. And nobody said a word. Because the, the Democrat they love that stuff. I said stuff. See, they were a little worried. They got me on a little delay. They love it because all they want is a piece of the pie. See, we know how this works. We know full well how this works. And after I get through some calls, I'm gonna, we're going to go into the voting and how they're going to really hardcore Mike Madigan district vote this thing. Like the whole country is going to be like the south side of Chicago where it doesn't matter what the scumbags do. You show them the sign of respect. You get the cookie and the espresso out like they're men of importance. Matt, Central Illinois. Hey, uh, how you doing? Um, I, I I heard you before the break talking about
4: um, you know the Never Trumpers and the Tea Party guys kind of being the same thing. I always kind of thought that uh, the Trump and the Tea Party were on the same side, uh, like as far as social issues go. Um, but, uh, but but my question is when uh, when you're
0: talking about Republicans that you know might be that might be losing votes. Uh, you know, across the, across the board over social issues, um, I think
4: we all agree on Second Amendment and border control. But what, what do you think about LGBT uh,
0: type of stuff? I have no, look, I, I'm going to tell you
2: opinion. Well, here's the problem. I think, the Rep- out of it. I think Republicans have had a problem with this forever. And the reason is, like many Democrats, they don't understand where government is supposed to be and where it's not supposed to be. I'm going to give you an answer that will shock you. I don't give a rip what somebody does in their private life. I don't give a rip who somebody loves. I don't care about any of that. That, to me, is not what government is even supposed to be affiliated with. All of a sudden, even Republicans, to your point, they need government to tell them what to do. And now you go back what's happened to us over the course of the last year. You show me any person who isn't afraid or wants the permission of government to do anything anymore. I think they've successfully... Mind imprisoned and passed through that 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 idea the the ideology of slavery to citizens, and and yes, it is Republicans' fault because they wanted to pretend you could legislate behavior, and that has been a problem in this country for a hundred years, and it and it's primarily from the right side of the aisle where they thought that laws of behavior should be in place to prevent people from living. So I think they fumbled that because they haven't had the security, the the mental confidence to understand there are actually some things in this life where you don't need government to do a damn thing. Not a damn thing should government be involved. I want separation of government and the economy. Can you imagine what a kook I am? I don't think that government should have anything to do with our economy. I think when banks should make loans, they should do it to any standard. They decide it's their money. And by the way, when they go bankrupt, they should go bankrupt. I'm crazy that way. Thanks for making the call, man. I appreciate it. Owen Willowbrook. Hey, Sean. Hey, Sean, these, these socialist
4: communist reporters are such lackeys when they label this guy Mr. Nice Guy. Is it Mr. Nice Guy to let infected and illegal aliens come in and possibly not just COVID infect American citizens while we are while we flip the tax bill to do it? Well, and then at the same time, he called himself Mr. Nice Guy. He's more like Mr. Pink from Reservoir Dogs.
2: Oh, I like that. And, oh, and here's the other thing. The same excuse that's being used right now in the city of Chicago for business owners not to go into their business. For people, American citizens, not to even so much. They're floating it. It's not a law or a rule or whatever the hell they're going to use to imprison us. They're floating it to even travel now. Now you, you got to have your passport, your, your COVID, but if you come in through the country, they're taking you, the government, when I say they, I mean the government takes you and instead of, uh, instead of processing you, they're dropping you off in parks. I played the clip yesterday. So, you know, it's, it's, we're just weapons to their mission. Whatever they want to do, they can do to us. Oh, and thank you for the phone call. I truly appreciate it. But to, to to look at this through the eyes, see, here's where we're kind of hoisted by our own petard to look at this through the eyes, the way we look at our life of success, of financial responsibility, of protecting our children. It's the wrong way to look at, at, at American government. If you can't figure out by now the strength in it is when it fails because we have the mindset of slaves. Look at us all. I was—I uh, had to run the Panera this morning to get bagels. And, of course, you know, Elmwood, or, uh, uh, Elmwood Park is near Oak Park, so I'm not too shocked when I see the Subaru in there. I don't know who's driving it. But I go to Panera in, in Elmwood Park, and here's the guy with two masks on, two, two, two masks on. I mean, you have to be such an intellectual midget and such a moron to think to yourself, oh my God, I think I should put not one mask, one, I guess, I guess you're beaten down by peer pressure and you're afraid of your own shadow, but two, you're a moron. I knew you were when you bought the Subaru Outback, but you're a moron now with the two masks. By the way, take Subaru off the list for advertisers in the future. Alex, Hobart, Indiana. Yes, uh,
4: it is beyond obvious to me, uh, and it should be to everyone else, that Biden's lying, because if there were unaccompanied minors dying at the border under Trump, where are the numbers? The Democrats would be propping up these those dead bodies of those kids all day long saying, look at all the kids that died under Trump coming to the border. It is a lie, and it is so untrue that all these kids were dying at the border under Trump. And that was the statement you know that uh, Biden made in the earlier clip that he played.
2: You know what, though? The problem is, Alex, when you're uh, when you have to produce in life, I don't know what you do, but you must produce when you have to produce in life. You're suspicious of information people give you, in particular, when they're strangers and they have a suit jacket on. It's almost a guarantee they're lying. But when they give you information, we're suspicious. See, when when you're looking for more cheese from the government, more free stuff, if you're looking to get a PlayStation and you want the government to pay it for you, you're not too involved in the details. So details are whatever these guys in the suits with their doll hair sewn into their head like Biden tell you they are. Those are facts and details. That's the new America, Alex. I'm sorry to break it to you, but welcome aboard. You're going to love it and hate the future. We'll take some more of your calls, and we're going to move on to how they're going to secure their reign over America and definitely implode it almost faster than the Romans when we get back. 312 642 song makes you want to play pool. Love it. In a country um, that when you live in, a, in an area, in a county like we, you know, I'm from Cook County and, you know, it's futile to vote. You know, it's corrupted and, you know, the citizens like it. So you kind of focus on the idea that there's places out there where honesty and integrity matter. And your hope is that the voting system will be honest and true. The reality is it's anything but. It's a scam and it's meant to stay that way. We are the country that invented the Internet We have blockchain technology where literally not just billions or hundreds of billions, trillions of dollars are transacted in seconds. And the identity of those people in the transactions are known instantaneously. Blockchain technology is what I think the answer for all voting integrity. We have zero voting integrity now. Why would a certain section, in fact, let's just call it what it is, why would the Democrats demand that there is a lack of voter integrity? And the conclusion, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes because they cheat. They cheat and they love it that way. That's why Mike Madigan can muscle everybody. The ones he can't muscle, it doesn't matter because it's like Stalin. I don't really care how the people vote. I hear how they, I, I care how they count it. And that's, Guaranteed. I know Mike Madigan's gone, but it doesn't matter. He's still the guy in charge. He's still pulling the strings. You don't think the guy he handpicked put in there is going to do anything different. It's the system of corruption that'll stay in place. And now what the Democrats that are in Washington want to do is spread that throughout the entire country. So they're going to take any challenge to that and call them racist, demonize them so you never get that voter integrity that might save the nation.
1: Republican legislatures across the country are working to pass bills that would restrict voting, particularly Democrats fear impacting minority
2: voters. Now Now, the way that question is posed tells you everything. No one's trying to do anything but legitimize voting, legitimize voting so that the people who are voting are the ones that should be voting. And not the ones that are not citizens, not the ones that don't live in that district. What they're trying to do is make it so there's voter integrity. But a reporter from Pravda, proving it's Pravda, asks a question like this and posts, you know, poises it in that fashion so it's a layup.
1: Young voters, the very people who helped to get you elected in November. The cheaters. Are you worried that if you don't manage to pass voting rights legislation that your party is going to lose seats and possibly lose control of the House and the Senate in 2022.
3: What I'm worried about is how un-American this whole initiative is. It's
2: sick. It's sick. It's it's, it's, It's the Democrat Party that doesn't want this. Americans demand integrity and honesty, but not the ones that vote for you. Because if you know this scumbag's history and you voted for him, you're in on it, or you just want the cheese it produces right that's why you, the guys in the in in the, in the gangster neighborhoods never tell what's going on in the neighborhood they just want they just hope there's a little package a little sack of under the the pot that's all they want so what he's what he's guaranteeing is that there will not be voter integrity measures taken during his administration, guaranteeing that they can shove these bills down our throat in record speed. Spending bills in two weeks of two trillion dollars. By the way, that that bill I was complaining about earlier in the week at three trillion. Yesterday I said it was four trillion. Today it's closer to five. I told you by the end of the week it'll be nine. The
3: Republican voters I know find this despicable.
2: Republican voters. Now this is the arrogance of the demigod. So he knows Republican voters. I wonder if he means Adam Kinzinger. He could. He, well he definitely means Ben Sasse. He might even mean old lady face Mitch McConnell, Karl Rove. I mean, if he can get done with his naked twister game, I'm sure he voted for him, too.
3: Folks out in the outside this White House. I'm not talking about the, the elected officials. I'm no. talking about voters, voters. And so I'm convinced We'll be able to stop this because it is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look
2: like Jim Eagle. I mean, this is gigantic. Jim Eagle. Right now, there's a real estate agent in Corpus Christi getting called a racist by by prank callers. Who the hell is Jim Eagle? And what he means, Jim Crow, they're talking about Jim Crow laws, the laws. And by the way, how many Democrats, when they say Jim Crow laws, know that Jim Crow was a Democrat? You think that they know that? that, that uh, it probably wouldn't matter, right? Because they can use it as a baton and nobody has to really look into exactly what party now has the, the, the race that they demonized for 100 years now has them captive and they'll continue to vote Democrat regardless of, of reality. If we cannot establish voter integrity, I'm going to be one of the few radio hosts that will tell you right now, don't waste your time pretending we got a chance. Just focus on going to high ground, and coming together. Was that wrong? Should
1: I not
0: have done that? From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in america he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the declaration of independence in the other he's sean thompson and this is the sean thompson show this looks like me so
1: everybody
2: One of my favorite parts of the radio, doing the radio gig, is I love the interviews. I really do. Particularly, I love it when I get to speak to an expert I respect. Guy Taylor, National Security Team Leader at the Washington Times. How are you, Guy? Thank you for joining me. Uh, hi, Sean. I'm uh, flattered to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. So now, listen, a lot of stuff is going on, right? We've got a 47-year-old political prostitute, in my opinion, who has been wrong for 47 years, in particular when it comes to foreign policy, it's, it's astonishing to me. You've got the decision on U.S. troops in Afghanistan, right? We've got Iran. Looks like there may be a new president. Same theocrat, just like the old one. You've got the guy in Hillary Clinton pantsuits in North Korea that's launching rockets again. You know, is it just so overwhelming and the decisions are going to be so bad we shouldn't care anymore or why should we care?
4: Well, first of all, I don't know that there has been a decision on uh, Afghanistan. Um, What we're hearing is um, sort of a muddled message from the administration, though. Thus far, you know, Biden was asked about it at his first press conference. Uh, today and overall i think biden survived the press conference so we got to give him that the same way that we would ask people to have respected that donald trump was the president we you know we have to i think ask people to recognize that joe biden is now the president and he did succeed in holding a press conference but he did not i didn't get any clarity about the afghanistan policy out of this i I, I know there's this may one deadline that uh, the Trump administration pushed for to get U.S. troops out. But I think Biden is kind of clinging to this status quo now where he's hoping there can be some kind of these peace negotiations that have gone round and round and sort of nowhere with the Taliban are somehow going to have a breakthrough, that somehow the U.S.-backed government in Kabul is going to, you know, come together, stop fighting with itself and, and that everybody, everything's going to work out and the Americans are going to leave without a helicopter hovering over an embassy somewhere uh, like the last final days of Vietnam. So uh, right now there's no easy way out. And, and Biden's lack of a really clear message in his first press conference was an indication of that. I, I, I don't uh, uh, envy his position on it. I don't think it's any easier for him than it was for Trump. American troops have been there for 20 years, and we do not have an appetite among the American people to do nation-building, uh, much as neocons would hope that we did.
2: But Joe Biden has never seen a war he didn't support. Joe Biden has supported every war yeah, since he's been a senator. He didn't support yeah, the Vietnam sure, one when yeah. he got the five deferments, but he supports them since then.
4: I mean, look, I you, you could certainly make that argument. You know, he's not a—he uh, wasn't a hippie. You know, he's not um, Bill Clinton. And you, you know, so. I, but that doesn't mean that he wants to surge troops. I think the the reality of politics in America about this this war in Afghanistan are that uh, you know, Trump had it right with the American people want him to get U.S. troops out of this forever war situation. That's the black and white sort of base level politics of it. And I think Biden, much as he might want to support an endless uh, or a permanent American base there or, or a surge again, I think he's aware of the, uh, the political sensitivity of that and the fact that American voters aren't, aren't, aren't wanting that. So that's where it's going to be tricky for him.
2: Yeah, I I, I, I have to tell you, Guy, and uh, I know I, I overread. I get it. I've been paying way too much attention. I probably should have been like everybody else and cared about the foosball game. My point is, I know for 47 years how wrong this guy's been. And I mean in every instance, but I also know now at this stage of the game, the fact that the sun set on the Ukrainian natural gas company, the fact that the sun has been a bag man when it comes to China. In fact, he's not just just involved in one company. He's involved in three major companies. But I also felt that way about Mitch McConnell's wife, right? So at a certain Mm. point, you have to understand the way that I, a guy from the neighborhood, looks at it. I believe he's been bought and sold like Juicy Fruit. I believe he likes these policies. In fact, I'm so out there when it comes to how corrupt he is. I believe that implementing policies that have harmed these so-called enemies of America and their only commodity, meaning low oil prices, policies are being implemented here in America to specifically drive up oil and enrich those third world dictator hellholes that profit when oil is high. Am I just Mm -hmm. so jaded or just too informed or just too pessimistic?
4: Um, first of all, did you say juicy fruit with yeah. the gum?
2: Yeah, you remember yeah. that's all um, day.
4: I. think it's a com- yeah, it's a combination <laughs> of um, of all three. Look, I mean, it's a, it, the, the freewheeling piece of a, the free democratic society in America is that you're going to have people that rise to the the, uh, the top of the executive that uh, others will look at and say are just corrupt and in it for some sort of. Uh, insane money-making scheme that's uh, driven by special interests. A lot of what you said, I, I may not agree, I may agree, but a lot of what you said you could have said about the last president as well, and we can argue about that all night. I, I want to try to focus it, though, on, uh, you know, why do we care about foreign policy on the other side of the world? And, and is that, I think something like the North Korea crisis and North Korea launching uh, missiles, that one's a little bit out beyond... Uh, it's a little more difficult to turn that into a sort of political soundbite. It's it's not, how's Biden going to make money off of that exactly? I mean, it, it's not, and people would have accused Trump of running around in his first year and trying to, you know, cut deals with, um, you know, scare the, the Japanese into buying more weapons or making, you know, backdoor deals with, in the region by ramping up the North Korea threat. It's the same type of thing. I think what we have to look at, though, is does Biden actually have a coherent uh, strategy coming together? You know, this was the same thing we have to ask when we can calm it down and not make it hyper-political, but just say, are the people that are in control of the most powerful uh, institutions in the U.S. government, which is this organization atop the the... The biggest, most powerful economic market in the human species, right? Do they actually have a plan that is to do something that's going to prevent um, uh, World War III or is going to uh, help the U.S. economy continue to grow, uh, is going to create order? And I think that's what we have to look at with the North Korea stuff. I mean, Biden hasn't, al- he also hasn't indicated that he has a clear North Korea strat- strategy. And uh, and and, you know, following this people, I think, looking at the North Korea situation closely, you know, were anticipating that the North Koreans, the, the dictatorship there would launch off some missiles uh, and make some threatening remarks early in the Biden administration. That's exactly uh, what the Kim dynasty did uh, over the last week. And it's really this is the government excuse me, headed by Kim Jong-un, it's what they've done pretty much at the start of every U.S. administration going back to the Reagan presidency, yeah. right? Yeah. And the surprise, I think, right now is is that it actually took about 60 days, uh, you know, in the Biden presidency for the North Koreans to do some launches. Um, and and these are, you know, smaller-range missiles they've launched off. And, uh, I, you know, I think we, we can... Why? Why does it matter, though? I mean, why are there thirty thousand American troops in South Korea? Why are there another fifty thousand in Japan, and and so on? And I think average listeners should learn about the dynamic in in Northeast Asia and realize that America it, it is is uh, you know a big part of American economics strength. Now I want to. Oh, go ahead. Sure. I mean, God, I mean, I will just continue it, though. It's important to not just rattle off stuff about North Korea, but to say part of American economic strength has to do with our access to markets in Asia. We can debate what that access looks like, how it's exploited. But at the end of the day, the U.S. military is engaged in Northeast Asia to support that access. And they're directly on the edge of China, uh, you know, which is an ally of North Korea, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, there's been agreement among U.S. administrations, Republican and Democrat, for a long time that the North Korean government is basically rogue and poses a threat. I
2: think that's Uh, I think that's a lie. I think that they are the red herring for China. And that's why okay, I, I, I'm I'm sure. like you. I believe in a free market, and I want to harm. I want to break communism by having the people of that country overthrow it. So that's why I wanted to support Hong sure. Kong and Taiwan. I believe that was a crucial that, mistake that was made by both. What, what do parties. you mean
4: that they're a red herring for? China.
2: I mean they're I mean that they're a, they're a distraction and they're funded by China. And I believe that the, that the unstable nature of what we perceive as Kim Jong-un, the ruler of so-called North Korea, is nothing more than a facade for China di- dictating distraction while it colludes with Russia and other enemies of America to implode the U.S. dollar. And I believe that's what's going on behind the scenes, that they are okay. using North Korea to draw attention of simpletons. The whole time working with Russia and Iran and other various enemies of the American dollar to destroy it as they uh, they uh, uh, collaborate behind the scenes and it 's worked and i don 't think that that the administrations the past four have had the gravitas to understand how important it is to have stability and 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 friendship among friendly nations so that it protects our superiority of the u s dollar because if these groups say we don 't want the dollar anymore. We're really in a pickle. I mean,
4: who these groups being China... China,
2: and, Russia, Iran, and even to some extent mm-hmm. other Middle East players who could flip on a dime on the petrodollar. Mm-hmm. And that's big problems for us. So what I think is happening is that we've been outflanked by the, by the strategy of the chi So
4: how does it benefit the Chinese to have a a nuclear missile threat pointed at the United States from a a small nation right on China's edge, when that nuclear threat creates a legitimate reason for administration after administration in the United States to keep 50,000 troops in Japan, to keep nuclear weapons in Guam, and to keep 30,000 American troops on the Korean Peninsula directly on China's periphery basically ensuring that this tiny coastline on the South China Sea is the only way that the Chinese could actually project naval power how does it benefit China strategically to keep per- perpetuating this dynamic where the United States are dominating the region's security i mean i, I, I think I, it's i, well, I, I think to a certain extent it
2: has allowed us for China to build up its military to where it's bigger than us So we've we've a lot we've we've bought that line that, hey, China's saying, look, we're under threat, too. So we need your help and we need your access and we need your technology.
4: You're presenting very interesting um, ideas and I respect them. Uh, But we do have to stick to the facts that Chinese military is a lot smaller than ours. Um, And I thought you just said that it's bigger. But but their Navy, they just said that
2: they just said their Navy was bigger than our Navy. I just read that a week I ago. I
4: Just just for your U.S. military listeners, yes. and I know they're out there, just yes. to show them the respect that we haven't forgotten that the Chinese military budget is minuscule compared to that of the U.S. It might be growing at an astounding rate, but uh, the Chinese military is not bigger than that of the United States. Well,
2: I didn't mean the whole military. I meant, the, I meant yes. the Navy in particular. I remember when they were building the islands the coming, out of nowhere.
4: How many aircraft carriers do they have at this point?
2: I don't know. I don't know how many. I don't know how many we have that work, but I don't know how many they Mm -hmm. have. And and, you know, I say this to you, and I'm really, I'm not big on military spending. And and I'm I'm,
4: fact-based discussion. That's all. I don't. I I do think that uh, you know, political conjecture is. is, I just don't want to run away with stuff that's not reality. No, and I want to be corrected
2: if I'm wrong, guy. Believe me. I, I, I hope. I want you to be right. I want everything to be what it seems. We
4: have naval ships that work. All right, good. It's a constant battle to fund that and keep it going. But uh, to just throw out, you know, we don't have any that work. The Chinese, I think, have, I don't know if they've launched their second aircraft carrier at this point, but their Navy is not bigger than that of the U.S.
2: Good. Well, I want it it to be smaller, and I want us to be in a position of, of, of superiority when it comes to military. I don't ever want to use it. And I'd like to get to a place where we stop this constant funding of our own, you know, what I think is, I think we should really kind of focus in on how much of waste, fraud, and abuse is going on in our own military spending. So I'd like, to, I'd like things to be good, but well, I also yes. want to be suspicious always of what I'm being told. And sometimes in, in North Korea, I, I'm a little concerned that it's a distraction. But I could be wrong, and that's why I read you. Always.
4: But, so it, it's it's interesting. Look, you're raising really good questions, and I don't dispute that at all. I think from the Biden standpoint right now, though, we have to kind of – why haven't they appointed an envoy for the North Korea issue? I mean, it was pretty historic that Donald Trump met with Kim Jong-un yeah. three times. You know, I, I think the Biden – team right now, is it's it's still early, they're still trying to figure out how to walk and chew gum at the same time mm. and and it's not clear that they're really going maybe, yeah. maybe to, they, maybe they will I'm trying to give them as objectively as possible the benefit of the doubt that it's not an easy thing to put together a clear policy, so But, you know, I think they're trying to stay calm and sort of downplay the situation in North Korea in hopes of avoiding uh, uh, the kind of escalation we saw at the start of the Trump administration. That was when Trump remembered the there was a flurry of North Korean missile tests. There was a revelation that the North Koreans had developed a nuclear weapon small enough to fit on a intercontinental missile that yeah. could maybe even hit a U.S. city. Trump responded, this was about six months into his administration, with his famous comment that uh, if the North Koreans didn't knock it off, uh, their, their provocations would be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. Yeah. Of course, I think it was like three weeks I- later that the North Koreans then conducted their sixth nuclear test. So I think that that yes, the aftermath of that were these summits, but the summits ultimately didn't really produce anything uh, other than theater. So we're in a place where I think Biden looking at it, or his team is, and they're they're trying really hard to avoid having this thing escalate because I think they don't. We're in, they're still in a global pandemic. There's still a lot of other things they want to focus on. But yeah, I, I but every you know we're watching it and. Uh you know I, I don't think they want to get bogged down with a big North Korea
2: Guy, uh, focus at this point. Yeah. Guy I hope you're right and this is why I want you on all the time. I even like when we disagree. Guy Taylor, Washington Times. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh I really Absolutely, do appreciate Sam.
4: it. And thanks for yeah, having me on and i me say
2: my piece. It's interesting, it's important stuff. Thank you. I agree with you 100%. 312-642-5600 will be back after this. You know, I do a a lot of reading, and I might have gotten a little confused because I definitely read, and I looked it up just now, China wields by far the largest military with 2.8 million soldiers. Now, granted, they're captors, and they're imprisoned into being soldiers, but nonetheless, they have more soldiers. In fact, they have twice the amount of numbers. Now, hopefully, the technology isn't that big, which is right. That's our our advantage. Our technology, the fact that we do have the military, the fact that we do spend... I want to uh, I want to basically know what you think. I think this is something to be worried about. I do. I believe that uh, little in what we hear is exactly the way it is. I always... But I'm suspicious by nature. Do you think that China is a military power we should fear, be aware of, prepare for? 312-642-5600. Because one thing's for sure. After watching Joe Biden, after listening to his answers on Afghanistan... I want you to just hear if this sounds like somebody who, who you feel has a grasp of exactly what's happening. I understand we're talking about China, but it translates to his ability. I have said for a long time, for 47 years, Joe Biden has been wrong on foreign policy. I don't think he's ever been right.
3: Overnight, we learned that North Korea tested two ballistic missiles. What, if any, actions will you take? And what is your red line on North Korea? Let me say that, uh, number one, uh, U.N. Resolution 1718 was violated by those
2: particular missiles that were tested. So what? So what? What are you going to do? That's the question. Listen, this is not just the case of the emperor has no clothes. This is a case, we have a very long history of this buffoon being dead, derriered, Wrong. See, I know I'm on air. I clean it up a little bit. I wasn't going to go with the nature. But what do you think is going to happen? I think we've got a six front problem. And the domestic policies this idiot is implementing is enriching our enemies. That's why when you, when the green energy and all the nonsense that they're going to do to enrich their friends. It's more than just the mission statement. There are ramifications to this idiot's policies. Those ramifications are a detriment to our future. I want to hear from you. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls after
0: this. Environmental response team. Find them online at cabenoenvironmental.com. AM 560, the answer.
2: Everybody thinks their generation is the best. Few of us know it is. And I say that because I loved being a kid in the 80s, having to go out in the workforce. I mean, I loved it. It was the Reaganomics boom, yuppies. I always said you'll never find another yuppie unless you have good economy. Um, and there was movies. I loved the, the movies in the eighties. Loved them. The hair, the clothes, the whole nine yards. And Wall Street's got to be the top, right? So when you go to the Mercantile Exchange, and Wall Street comes out, it's like you're an addict. You, you just can't. I, 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 this is the old VHS tapes. You know, watch. I had Beta, in fact. Um, and there was a section in Wall Street where he was constantly talking about Sun Tzu, the art of war. So when you're a kid in the 80s, you want to make a lot of money. That's your industry. You go and you, you read the book. I read the book. Very simple. What you, the information we're getting is not what's actually happening, especially when you're talking about a people that have been implementing the policies of deceit and deception for thousands of years. So you'll forgive me. I think, I think we're a bunch of clugheads of the time. So when you've got a nation like North Korea, which is starved, it doesn't work. That philosophy of economics, all of it doesn't work. The only reason it even exists is because of the charity of China. So on one hand, they're giving them charity so they could exist. They're feeding them. And on the other hand, they're saying, no, 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 they're too dangerous. We need to build up our military because we're afraid of them. And we need your help and we need your technology. We need all that. And we're so scared that the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So look at America. We're your friend. I think there is a way to break communist China without firing a shot. And that way is through capitalism and freedom. I think you should we should have been really supporting financially. And I don't mean the way like politicians mean it by giving money for nothing and chicks for free. I mean, by allowing Hong Kong to thrive and Taiwan in particular, I think that we could have done it strategically. The problem is we're not a strategic people. We're morons. And you could tell that by the fact that we are the richest country at one hand and we're bankrupt on the other and we refuse to admit it. That's just me. But now we're going to go to the lines. Now, listen, there's all guys and there's one lady. So I do the ladies first. Chivalry is alive on the Sean Thompson show. And when I mean ladies, I mean the real ones, not the ones that look like they broke into a Lane Bryant truck like our new head of DHHS. Susan Highland Park.
1: Hi, thanks for that opening and congrats on your show. Oh, thank you. Um, I think, you know. For us to think that Biden has his arms around what's going on in China, you look no further than Tony Bobolinsky to give the answer to how easily manipulated this man is and the concern, you know, size of military force. eh, That's not what, what we should be concerned about. It's all the other capabilities that you've mentioned that they will employ on how they control our financial institutions through code they write in their algorithms you could go down the list, and I would say 90% of the dumb Americans have no clue what a threat they, we are facing when it comes to,
2: to China. Susan, I say it in, in, in all the time. We've never gone to war with a country that had not threatened to stop using the U.S. dollar. We've always been in an ideological Cold War When it comes to finance, we are in a Cold War always after World War II, Many Americans are unaware of the Brenton Woods Agreement. We are the ones that double cross the world. We had guaranteed we would have a dollar that was stable and always attached to gold. Now, they want me to believe that, okay, we got to a certain point and that scumbag Richard Nixon had to take us off the dollar because he had to monetize that. Well, that's a bad thing, in my opinion. And we have set the tracks for other countries that were forced through the threat of military action to use our dollar. Why wouldn't they hate us? We get to, we tell them we're going to have a stable dollar and look at what we're doing. These this is ideologically you could contort this into an act of war economically. We've just printed up since Joe Biden has been president two trillion dollars instantaneously. And now we're threatening another four. Well, how would you feel if you were a country that was forced to not use its own currency, but our currency when it needed commodities around the world? You'd be chapped, wouldn't you? So Americans, that's why they have to pay attention to economics. It's everything. And sometimes maybe we're the bad guys when it comes to the economic plot of the world. After all, we guaranteed we wouldn't do exactly what we do constantly. So it's just one way to look at it, but I don't care about any of that when it comes to our children, because we cannot afford a World War III with what we're facing. I don't want to lose kids anymore, and I certainly don't want to waste them to protect a dollar that our own damn politicians could give a rip about. Thank you, Susan, for the call. I appreciate it. It's just my thoughts. Jeff in Dundee.
4: Sean. Yes. Congratulations on your new
3: show! Thank you. Thank you. I I agree with uh, your thoughts on. Uh, we have actually the wrong person leading this country at the wrong time. This is we would have been better off with Trump. Oh, he, had, awesome. he had he had he had the Chinese backed up and they were on their heels.
2: Yeah, and I and now, I, I say that and I agree with you, Jeff. And I'm going to tell you what. I don't agree with the way he did it, but I agree with you. It's unquestionable. And you know, Jeff, did you watch? Did you watch the press conference? So-called press conference today.
3: I can't can't listen to the man talk.
2: I don't want to listen. I'm going to going to tell you right now. Susan said he doesn't have his arms around it. You said we have the wrong man in the job. When you watch this press conference, this is the reason that they put the little letters on pillboxes. This stupid son of a gun doesn't know if it's Tuesday or July, if his diaper's wet, or he should leave the room without an exit sign. He doesn't know what he's doing. This is the guy in charge, and the Democrats nod like seals. You know why? Because they want that government cheese. It's the only reason. We're in a real pickle, kid. Jeff, thanks for calling the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate you listening. Dan in Downers Grove. Sean, nice job on the show. I really enjoy it. Thank you. And uh, cigar smoking dittos to you. Oh, wonderful. Thank you very much. I'm lighting up as soon as we're done. I just finished my Fuente right now. But anyway, (laughs) back to the subject. Uh, I have a son who's going to a college that produces many officers, and uh, they're all taking Mandarin, studying Chinese, and they're preparing
0: for or strategically talking about war with China.
2: Yeah, but I, you know what makes yep. me nervous about this story? Because I was reading it. I was reading your call you know, on the little screen, screener here. Why are they learning Mandarin? If they're learning Mandarin, that, thing's, that means that they think they're going to need it, which means they think we're going to lose. I don't like where this is going, but you'll have to forgive me. I look at things like a gambler. Dan, so my prayers to your kids, and I mean it. Thank God. I mean, I've, yep. I've, I feel, you know, think, can you imagine what's going to happen? Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. We're going to take more of your calls when we get back. 312-642-5600. Boy, are we in a pickle. It's the final you know, I don't mean to laugh, but CNN, my, Biden, my plan is to run for re-election. I'm probably going to be just as ridiculous when I'm 90, 80 years old. I'll probably be buying franchises. You know, I'll, I'll be thinking, oh, I could start a business. How many? At least I hope so. Of course, i do not Not looking forward to the diaper. We got so many stories I didn't get to. I don't mean to seem greedy. It's Thursday. My first week, I want another hour already. I got these stories. We're going to leave them on the board. Teresa Northside. How are you? I'm good, Sean. Uh, you know, I think the United
1: States military is the strongest on earth. I mean, if anyone took a shot at us, uh, better watch yeah, out because they're going to the problem... I think our military holds the power that they have close to the chest. They don't have to shoot off missiles. They
2: already know what they have. It's ever come across. I I understand to a certain extent, but I also think our military industrial complex is the most corrupt organization on the planet. So I think that they're selling us a lot of stuff repeatedly. I think there's a lot of misappropriation of funds. I think there's a lot of lobbying. I think there's a lot of lies to the American people. That's not disparaging the soldiers. You love the soldiers. But we know one thing about the military. It's always been the same thing. They are brave heroes controlled by cowards. So I we need to separate things a little bit because the military, we all saw how September 11th worked. Those weren't the military that got attacked. Those were us. The next time is going to be the same deal. And and and, yeah. and with technology, what it is, and warfare, what it is, it ain't going to matter who's strongest. The weakest has, a, has the bomb to, to, to wipe out nations. It's not 1945 anymore. And that's the problem. So I agree with you in theory, and I want to be supportive of the U.S. military without being a Pollyanna because when, they, when we are Pollyannas, then these corrupt son-of-a-guns know they got us. And that's why we've got stuff going on we don't even know about. CIA, we don't even know how much money they get. We have no idea. There's an entire budget that they've used our patriotism as a weapon against us. Sometimes they make that flag, they roll it up, it becomes a blindfold. And that's what I got. I, you know, I have a habit of not doing that. But I'm silly that way. Teresa, you know I love the call. Thank you, Doll. Chip St. Charles. Congratulations, John, on the show. Thank you.
4: Anyway, my my point is, is that a weak leader invites conflict, and I think we're in big trouble because if any of our adversaries around the world today, which we know they did, watch yeah. this press conference, they know exactly who they're dealing with, and um, it's going to be
2: uh, you know it's the like United it's States like over the table. Chip, it's like when Big Paulie took over the Gambino crime family. It wasn't long. Gotti knew what was going on, his own guys got him. The weak leader does breed conflict. It's exactly what happens. And, you know, if you look at this man, I've been saying this. I thought it was impossible um, for Joe Biden to win, even though I even always was worried about the fraud. Because we're from, you know, Cook County, Illinois, for God's sakes, you want to talk about fraud. I mean, it's classic. It's classic. And I don't just mean the Viagra full of, you know, pockets full of Viagra, uh, Eddie Burke on Rush Street. I mean the whole damn thing. It's a joke. So the cheating was always was always the case. But, of course, a weak leader. You look at this man. Can you imagine a foreign country thinks this is the leader of the most powerful nation in the world? He feeble facade of a man. It's, this, it's embarrassing. I, I, had the, I came in and I talked to the kids. They said, what did you think of the of the, uh, the press conference in one word? Embarrassing. It's embarrassing that this guy is our guy. Robert, you've been hanging on a long time. How are you, Robert? Thanks for hanging out.
3: Hey,
1: hey Sean, how are you doing tonight? Wonderful. Yeah, first of all, I want to say congratulations to the police and fire department out there and Mount Prospect. We should support them all the time and everywhere else.
2: Yeah, I agree, I agree.
1: And the reason I was calling is the reason there's, this problem is, is we got a like you said, a weak man in office, no gumbo diplomacy. You have, as we know, you, me, and everybody out there know that the North Koreans are building their military industrial complex from the Chinese. Meanwhile, the people starve. Now, Kim is going to be shooting, testing, Testing, testing.
2: Yeah.
1: One, hold on. One bomb's going to hit Tokyo and then we're going to be at war. I hate to say it. Oh, I, hope,
2: I hope you're wrong. I got to go. Thank you for taking the call. I'm not too worried about the Hillary Clinton impersonator. He's not going to do a damn thing he's not told by China. What happens is, what are they going to tell him? That's the big deal. South Korea is the thorn in their side because they represent the success of the opposite of their philosophies. You want to look at success? Take an area, an overnight shot of North Korea and South Korea. The problem is, you know what? Our politicians that are sitting in 1600 Pennsylvania, secured by wire fencing, believe? They believe what Kim Jong-un believes. That's their philosophy. Same damn thing, different outfits, except if you're talking about Hillary. You've now taken the ideology of our enemies and put it in the White House. And you think they're going to honor the representative republic this country was supposed to be? Got a pickle on our hands. The good news is, we got a radio show right up until they put me in the black van. I will be here tomorrow, and then it's the weekend and a lot of cigars and some laughing. We'll see you tomorrow.
3: Goodbye and good riddance.
2: Don't believe in shooting.